Hello. Good morning. Good morning. No, no, no. We got to do better than that. Good morning. All right. I'm, I'm awake. I was here at 9.15 this morning. Amen. That's early. That's real early. So I'm, I'm, I'm alive and well. And I done hopefully worked out all the kinks of this message. And I'm, I'm ready to stage dive on this one. All right. Hopefully a couple people can catch me. Amen. All right. Uh, well, yeah, it was hilarious uh, that Pastor Greg read that statement this morning because he called my wife fine. He was just, he's married to his fine best friend. I'm like, whoa, all right. I'm sure his wife didn't appreciate that, but mine did. Uh, um, so I'm Leo I'm from Flint, and my wife, Miosha, uh, we've been married for 15 years. You guys have seen me a couple of times before, so I feel like we're family, right? Amen. Uh, some of you who haven't seen me, well, surprise, uh, and uh, I'm not Pastor Greg. I'm a little bit different, um, and um, we're going to have some fun, but we also, I feel like this message challenges us as well, too. So um, let's pray. Let's have a word of prayer, and um, let's get started. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being awesome and perfect uh, in your plan for us, that we would meet today. Uh, I, I, in my mind, I know just several uh, months ago, I didn't plan on being here, but you had it already planned for us to meet under, uh, in this building together and that we would be um, just challenged and encouraged by your word today. So I pray, God, that we're here uh, with an open mind and an open heart, that we're ready to receive whatever you have for us today. Again, thank you uh, for this morning and what happened um, this morning through the word and through the worship. I pray, God, that um, the same would happen in this uh, service as well. And I, I pray, God, that whatever you have put inside of me, that I decrease 100% and you increase the more, that um, whatever you have for me to say uh, will be presented today. And then I pray that it will land on good ground, this seed. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. All right. So, um, you know, it's just it's great to be here at Clarkston again, and um, it's just a short drive for us and, and my family, and my kids are in the, uh, the children's ministry today, uh, right now, so um, if you hear any alarms going off, it was probably my son uh, pulling something, so we got to run out of here. It's probably our fault. Um, I'm excited about being here, and I do want to jump into the message uh, uh, right away, uh, and because it has to do with the transition that's going on with Promise Village. As some of you know, I'm the program manager at Promise Village Home for Children, and we uh, are, you know, we're set as a ministry that help individual uh, young men who have just different struggles uh, that were going on in their life. Uh, and um, our founder, uh, Dr. Tim Kodian, uh last year around this time, um, you know, Dr. Tim has... Uh, you know, he was over Perspectives of Troy, which was a counseling, uh, is a counseling service. He had uh, purchased that, and it, he grew that thing to where it is now. And uh, But uh, 20 years ago, felt the calling of the Lord to start a boy's home. He felt like the guys that were coming in and saw, out of the doors at Perspectives of Troy, they needed more of an intensive therapy uh, program, more of a, a, a facility that they could stay and not just come in and out. 
uh, on a one-hour basis a week. They needed more therapy. So he started Promise Village Home for Children, felt like that was the Lord uh, calling him to do that. So he sold uh, Perspectives of Troy and took a leap of faith and, and started Promise Village um, out here in Davisburg, uh, which is probably about 15, 20 minutes away from you guys. And you guys have been generously uh, supporting us, and, uh, not just with finances, but also with service as well. So um, last year around this time, uh, when, you know, I, I believe I got here, uh, came here to speak in February, and that's when I failed during the morning group. Um, why are you guys laughing? That's uh, come up and repent right now. Uh, uh, I failed in the morning group, but uh, in the morning service, and, and that's what people recognize me for. When I, I, it's been over a year, people, and uh, I come in the door, and the first thing people say, hey, you're the guy that failed. Well, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so I come through the door in, in February, and, and I spoke on, the, uh, you know, on Paul, and I'm going to be speaking on Paul again today just to kind of uh, just knock that curse right out the box. Uh, so I pray I, I didn't fall this morning. I'm not going to fall now. But anyways, during that time, uh, Dr. Tim, uh, father, uh, became sick. And guy was, he's about 90, I believe 98 years old, and he uh, was a healthy individual. And I'm talking about was only drinking water. And when I say only drinking water, he would have a hot cup of water instead of hot coffee. Uh, he was health, incredibly healthy, where I would just model my life after this 98-year-old man. He would uh, walk every morning, and he went to bed at a certain time. He woke up, did devotions. He was also a part of Billy Graham in the evangelistic movement where he would go out and preach and teach and stuff like that, and he was still doing that too at 98 years old going out, and he was just incredibly healthy where he didn't have doctor visits, didn't have prescription medication. So around like May, uh, of, of, of last year, uh, Dr. Tim, we're in the office, and we get a call. He's on the phone that his father is in the bed, uh, and he really doesn't want to move. His hip was hurting, which was very unusual for an individual who was 98 years old, but was in just, just healthy condition. No medication. Like, that's unheard of. You know, like, you know, you have three-year-olds that take medication. This 98-year-old man hadn't taken medication his entire life, and uh, he was just healthy and running and jogging, and now he's walking, and, and now he doesn't, and it's just immediate, in this one day that he didn't want to get out the bed, his hip was hurting. They thought that was unusual, and I'm in the uh, office with Dr. Tim, and he received this call, and he says, well, someone needs to take him to the doctor, because if dad is hurting, it must be serious. So the next day, they took him to the doctor, and uh, I get a call from Dr. Tim the next day telling me that he's headed down to Atlanta, Georgia, because that's where they're at. And Dr. Tim is telling me his dad is sick, uh, uh, something's going on, they found some tests. I mean, they have tests, and they have, they're looking at some results, and they wanted Dr. Tim to get down there very uh, quickly. Come to find out, they found out through all these scans and tested it. His father had uh, cancer over his entire body cancer in his uh, bones, cancer in his liver, and cancer in other places. It was some on his lungs. It was, it was all over. It was stage four. It had metastasized. I think that's the word, metastasized. It had spread all over his body, and it's, they had caught it uh, late. And um, within months, uh, his, his dad was passing away. It ended up passing uh, a couple months later. Uh, the anniversary was just a week or so ago. No, Dr. Tim is this, you know, 20 years, Promise Village, and he says, well, 
Leo, I have something to tell you. We went through this process. He says, I have something to tell you, and I don't know how to tell you. He's crying. He says, you know, after my dad passed and one of the last days I was spending with my dad, he says, we, uh, I, I gave my dad this promise. My dad told me to take care of my mom, who also has cancer, but her final promise is that she would be in her home for her final days in Atlanta. And Dr. Tim says, I don't know what to do. I'm torn. I have, a, I have a calling up at Promise Village, and I also have a calling to be with my mother, who is passing. So what, you know, you know I, I really don't know what to do. And I'm looking at him like, I don't know what you should do either. But I do know this, that you should be with your mother. But it's hard for me to say that because I work for you, and I know if you leave, my job is leaving. Like, what do you do? So this, this topic, this subject of faithfulness is the reason why I'm talking about this story because, it, you know, in this time of being faithful, like some of us have some choices of who we can be faithful to because we cannot split our time. We cannot, we, we cannot split who we are. We cannot be two people in two places. We are just one individual. So he's, he was looking at me and says, you know, Leo, I think that Promise Village is going to have to close. But I believe God has given me this, this ministry for a purpose. And he, like, it was for a reason. And I, I was looking at him like, I do believe it was for a purpose for me to feed my family. Like, what are we going to do? Like, what is, what's going to happen? So we're going to talk about that story. I'm going to continue the story a little bit more. But it's so amazing that God has given us this, this thing called the Bible that we can go to to see where our help comes from. Amen? So let's look at the Bible and look at what faithfulness looks like because I believe faithfulness really is one of those words that isn't used quite often. I believe loyalty is often lost when it comes to different things of this world. I know we have some young adults in here, some teenagers in here. They may not know what faithfulness is. They may not know what loyalty is. There are some individuals that are used to hearing people say they have worked for 35 and 40 years at the same job, and then they what? Retire. If I say to an individual, a young person right now, a millennial, that you would work for the, to, at the same job for 35 and 40 years, they probably would die. Like, I can't take it. I'm going to be working at the same place for 35 years? Oh, my goodness. I said this earlier. For, for some of the people, my young people, it's hilarious. If you just mention work to them, they vomit. Like, mm. I got to work? What, what, what is that? What, what does work mean? Like, what is working? Like, I was like, YouTube star. Like, they have a camp. I can't even believe this. They have a camp where they just, you know, they have camps like basketball camp and football camps and, you know, lacrosse camps. They have a YouTube camp. Yes, that is true. A YouTube camp to show them how to be YouTubers. We have lost this generation, people. Everybody's just trying to become silly. They're trying to do something silly to become famous on YouTube. Um, maybe that's some of you adults as well, too. Sorry. Uh, but let's go to the Bible. Here we go. There's this story in Acts, which is one of uh, this amazing story. In, and you're going to read this story. Read along with me. Stay focused on me. This is good. I'm telling you. It's better than Netflix. I'm telling you. It really is. This story is a very interesting story. And some of us haven't... Uh, 
uh, uh, read it before. Some of us kind of skimmed over it. But we all know who Paul is. But this story right here, uh, it's a very cool story. In Acts chapter 28, 1 through 6, you find out that Paul is talking. He says, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Foreigners, these individuals say, well, there's something happened. We're going to take them in. We're going to serve these individuals who have been in this shipwreck. You'll find out a little bit more about that. They were in the shipwreck, and, and Paul and these other individuals are now on the shore in a foreign land, and these individuals, instead of pushing them off their property, pushing them off their land, they saying, they're welcome. We're going to take care of you, and they're going to build you a fire to keep you warm. Watch this. And as they are doing good to Paul, this is what Paul does. Paul starts to, starts to gather a pile of brushwood, and he put it on the fire. And a viper... A snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. Stop right there because some of us, in doing good, we get some opposition. Amen? You feel like sometimes when you go to do good, there's some bad things that happen to you. And some of us, I'm going to be honest, including me, because I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you because we're in this journey together. We, you know, there's some things that I've done good, that you've done good, where individuals just didn't even appreciate what you were doing. They didn't recognize that you have just sacrificed. They didn't recognize that you have just given your time up and your, you, you know, sacrificed family time and you've given your, your efforts to them and you, they, they don't even give you a thank you. Doing good doesn't necessarily that bad won't happen to you. Some of you have started in ministry here, and as soon as something hits you very hard, you kind of backed off because you felt like, oh, it must be a sign I shouldn't be doing this. Watch what Paul does. After this snake bites his hand, there's these individuals, the, the, the people that's the islanders that stay on this island, when they saw that the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a what? Murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, even though he got from that shipwreck, the goddess of justice has not allowed him to live. He must, she must have done something wrong. Look at her. Look at him. See, people may be looking at you on the outside as soon as they hear some of the negative things that's happened to you. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you have lost somebody in your life. Maybe you've gotten sick. And people on the outside, even though they know you go to one of the best churches in Michigan, even though they know you may serve, they may, oh, look at her. She must not be doing something right. Look at what's going on in her life. Look at what's going on in his life. He must, there must be something bad with this individual. Look at their kids. Their kids are acting crazy. They must be bad parents. Something's not right. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The islanders still watching, the people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they have changed their minds, and now they're looking into him and calling him a what? God. 
They recognize there's something special about Paul that throughout this adversity, nothing's happening to him, and there's something amazing happening right now. We're witnessing it. So now, instead of us talking bad about him, you find out later on in the chapter, they actually start bringing people to him so that he can pray over them and that they will be healed because now the person they thought was a murderer, they now is connected to something special. Faithfulness. See, faithfulness is really what this has to do with today and why you're located in Clarkston Community Church today. There was something that has driven you here. I I said this earlier that some of us, we may feel like we walk out of church and we may not feel the worship. They didn't sing our favorite song. And whoever spoke that day, whether it's Pastor Greg, oh, he must didn't do a good job because I don't feel it today. I didn't get a good, there's nothing different about me. You walk back to your car basically the same way you walked in. I got just some news for you. I have some news for you. It's not their fault. It's not the worship team's fault. It's not Pastor Greg's fault. It's your fault. Oftentimes, we come in church just to check it off our list. Like there's some type of attendance record that God is checking on us. Like when you walked in, like there was some angel taking roll call, Leo's here, check. Like when we get to in front of the gates of heaven, we're going to go just see a list of times we miss church. Not going to happen. Some of you walk in here like we're doing God a favor, like, God, I'm here for you, so you should be happy. No, it's for us why we're here. We're here to receive something. So when you walk through those doors, your heart should be open, your mind should be open, that you should receive. There's no Sunday, there's no Wednesday. You should come into a setting like this and walking back to your car the same. You should walk out uh, two ways, empowered and challenged. Today's message, I feel like it's kind of rough because it was rough for me. Reading is in and kind of get receiving the message. I'm like, Lord, do you really want me to go in here and speak this message? Because it's kind of challenging. I want to have friends after this message. I don't want people to like think that I'm this angry black preacher. I don't want that to happen. I want to be nice. God was like, no, Leo, this is for you, and it's also for them. So if you walk out of here challenged, and I'm telling you, if some of this word is hitting you, it's for you. And we're talking about faithfulness. And why that story was so important is because of the, the, the chapter right before uh, the 28th chapter. Paul has done all of this stuff, so let's go to the precursor. I'm doing this message almost like a Star Wars movie, like we're going to find out what happened after we just watched the first movie. I do watch Star Wars a a little bit. All right, Acts chapter 27, 20 through 26. Listen to this. This is is the part where we're going to focus on today. So you know Paul was just bitten by a snake, and the snake he didn't spend much time with. We'll go over that, and he shook it off. But watch this. This is why that moment was important. Uh, and, And in chapter 27, verse 20 through 26, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all what? hope of being what? Saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. See, Paul had told them in the earlier chapter, don't do this, don't, we we shouldn't be going out at this time, but people, men like men do, we have a plan and we're going to go through with this thing. We're going to take our pride for ourselves. We're going to, we have an agenda. We're going to go where we need to go. I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care if it's raining. We're going to go there. 
You find that Paul, now they're stuck in the middle of this uh, 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 journey without food. The storm is raging, and Paul has to stand up. It must be guys like me who are about to just throw themselves off the side because they're stuck without food. Like, I'm done. This is, I'm sorry. Can't do this anymore. No more food. I'm done. Must be people like me. He says, listen, miss, uh, uh, take courage. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. You would have spared yourselves at this damage and loss. Like, if you would have just listened to me, you wouldn't have gone through this. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Whew. Why is Paul talking with so much confidence? I love this Bible. Uh, Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So he was standing there with so much uh, courage because he had just been visited by the Lord, and the angel of the Lord was telling him, like, no matter what you're going to go through, God has your back. He's go- he has put something in you, and he's going to complete it. He started it, and he's going to finish it. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me because God is not like man. See, some of us start projects and we don't what? Finish. Maybe I'm talking to the earlier group. The earlier group, some of the wives are looking at their men like, amen. I got some people in trouble earlier, like, you know, and I know the feeling because we want, some of us men, we just like to start projects. I don't know why we don't like to finish, but we have this amazing idea that we can start something. We can build you a whole house in the backyard, a whole new house for you and and, and, and a dog. We can do all that on one Saturday afternoon. And then several Saturday afternoons later, it's just a big mess back there. And every Saturday afternoon, we get reminded that we didn't finish the project. I'm sorry. Ooh, maybe that's just me. Maybe I just, maybe I'm just some self-disclosure right there. I just, I'm, I'm a starter and I just don't finish some things. Maybe there's some women, some of the guys like, no, I finished. It's my wife. Uh, I'm sorry, getting people in trouble today. So anyways, so keep courage, men, for I have faith in God and I will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So nevertheless, there's going to be some bad times. Nevertheless, there are going to be some issues. Nevertheless, there's going to be some pain in our life, but we still are going to complete what God has put inside of us. Why that's so important for me personally is because we're going through this situation uh, with Dr. Tim. A month after Dr. Tim's uh, father was diagnosed with cancer, my wife's father was diagnosed with cancer. Pancreatic stage four, it happened just like that. He went into the doctor and he's a stage four pancreatic cancer. And we were like, what? Stage four? What happened to the other stages? Where are we? What's going on with this? Stage four is like, this is, they kind of give us a timeline. This is what's going to happen. And we're praying. And I'm telling you, like, that's when this message becomes real to me. Because I'm going to be honest, my faithfulness to God is one of the things that comes with our uh, faithfulness and the barriers from it is our time and our trust. 
is in the moment where I started to doubt God or trust that he was going to work because I'm looking at God. I'm like, God, Dr. Tim, is, is his father is going through this and his father is passing away. And now we hear with my wife's father, he's asked to be in our home and we're taking care of him. And every day it seems like it gets, it gets worse and worse and worse. Where are you, God? I've been faithful to you. I've gone through this process. We've gone out. We've given up our lives to you. We, our entire life for the, the several uh, past years have been dedicated to you. Where are you? I'm losing my job and my father at the same time. What's going on? I love what Paul says that nevertheless, you still are going to go through some drama, but God still has your back. His faithfulness to us to reassure us that he isn't going to just start something and not complete it with you. He's going to continue it and he's going to see it to the completion. As we're going through this drama and this uh, journey with my wife and her father and, and her mother, it's just, you know, it's just it's, it's in, in my job and I'm taking on a different role at the job because Dr. Tim is there and I'm kind of leading everybody forward. And, and, but at my house, things seem like it's getting worse and, and, and it just seems like it's just overwhelming on my shoulders. What do you do? And this is what I was reminded, what God was telling me, like Leo, throughout this time. He says, Leo, one thing that's a barrier with you is time. Your time with me has been, that's why your faithfulness and your, your trust is lacking because of your time that you've committed to me. Through all of this busyness, you have forgot me. If you think about it, there's this other story that we were taught in Genesis, uh, I believe it's chapter uh, uh, 3 or chapter 1, uh, uh, yeah, chapter 3, and you find out that there's this other encounter with a snake where Eve, the first woman on this earth, is sitting with this snake and, and she's giving this temptation time. She's giving him time. She's talking with him. She's engaging with him. The difference between Eve and Paul is Paul, the Bible says, shook off the snake. But Eve spoke to the snake. See, there's some of us that talk to our temptations and we spend time with it. That's why you see, you know, people falling away from marriages and people falling away from jobs and people falling away from different things because their faithfulness, because they start being faithful to something else or they start, be, you know, engaging with other things and, and they start to, instead of struggling or fighting from or running away from that temptation, they spend time with it. So the first barrier of our faithfulness really comes with time. Where are you spending time at? This serpent in your life, this temptation, look at your life. If you feel like you're disconnected from the Father, you feel like there's nothing like really happening, just look at where you're putting your time. In my mind, I was putting my time in very valuable places. I was putting it at work because of the Dr. Tim situation. And I was also putting my time in at work, uh, excuse me, at home with my wife's situation. I was cleaning, I was helping, I was doing whatever I needed to do. But one thing I had stopped doing was my morning devotions because I just didn't have the time. Ephesians 5 
Verse 11 says, take no part in unfruitful works. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. See, what Paul did was he exposed that snake and he shook it off. Eve kept, like, she was just one-on-one with this thing. What are you doing to expose the situation that you're going through? See, I believe this. A lot of our young people are dealing with some things inside of their own lives, and they're not exposing it, and that's why they continue to uh, struggle. And, and we find out later on that this individual for two years have been cutting or they've been doing this because they didn't expose the temptation that was going on in their life. They kept it a secret. Some of us keep things a secret. We keep, instead of talking to our spouse about some things, we keep it a secret and we try to deal with that ourselves. But what we are doing is giving the enemy time, and our Bible tells us to have nothing to do with that. Stay away from it, but expose it. You look at a couple who was doing so well, and there are people who actually want to be like that couple, and then you find out later that they divorced or something like that, and you find out what happened because nothing was exposed to the end. Until it was too late. Faithfulness is not something we're holding on to these days. Loyalty is not something we hold on to these days. Staying committed to a ministry, staying committed to a church, we're not holding on to it. We, we see something pass and feel like we have to jump on it. We're in the, I, I call it kind of the update phase. We feel like we have to update everything. Every phone, every app, you know, they, you're changing everything. Everything has to improve. To, when you look at your wife, you're wondering when she's going to upgrade. But you just know that she's looking right at you, talking about when you're going to upgrade. <laughs> I call my wife fine, but, you know, she is fine, but there are times when I don't think she's fine. Yes, I just said that, man. Some of y'all just cringe. There are moments where her exterior just, I cannot see her exterior. I'm just seeing the problem where she should be just choosing where to eat right now, and now I'm getting frustrated. We've been in the car for a whole hour, and we still, both of us still hungry. Now we're all both irritated because none of us can figure out where to eat. And I'm telling her, just pick something. And guess what she tells me? Pick something. And then when I do pick something, she says, I don't have a taste for that. (laughs) Now that's that's off my shoulders, amen. (laughs) Faithfulness. Let's get back to it. I love my wife. But at the end of this all, we're looking at this not giving time to our struggles and our time to our temptations because that is a barrier of our faithfulness. Then the other thing that it is is trust. See, our trust, we have trust in our bank account. So when that starts to go low, that's when we start, really start to panic, especially when you're losing your job or, or something is impacting your wealth or your worth. You start to panic. If something's impacting your relationship, you start to distrust things. It's hard for some of us to trust people because your trust was broken. So it's even hard for you to trust God because when you hear the word, I must trust God, you, you think about all the times that other people have broken your trust. So when situations like this comes up, when Dr. Tim's father is passing and my father is passing, we, we're going back and forth and like, God, I, it's hard for me to trust you as I'm seeing life being taken from my father's body. 
Each day he was losing some type of uh, skill set or some type of mobility. You could just see him getting weaker and weaker and weaker. What do you do with something like that? How can you sit there and say you trust God when you see just for three months, God, we had no warning that our father was going to pass like this. And now we're sitting here heartbroken and our minds are just going crazy because there's nothing that we can do. Our prayers seem like they're not, they're not working. So your barriers are time and trust, and then that's when God says, listen, I have something for you. Just spend some time with me, and then your trust will be strengthened. So if you spend time, then you find out that there is some trust there inside of this relationship. Okay, I'm going to spend some time with you, God, and I'm going to trust you. So he says, okay, you're going to spend some time with me, Leo? You've been gone from me for a whole week and a half. Get back into your devotions. I have the answer for you. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, uh, 5 through 6, this is where I came upon. Well, this is where I found uh, the solution. This is where I found hope at. It says, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Right? No. But that's what some of us do, and that's what I was doing. Some of my heart, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in the doctor. I'm trusting in the pastor. But the, I, I just can't give you all of it, God, because it hurts. I, I, it, it, I'm a control freak. I've got to have some control. God says, give me all of that, Leo. Trust me with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Lean not to all of that mind that you have. And some of us, we, we have all these big degrees and all that stuff, and we try to go back to what's logical and what makes sense. But God says, give me all of that. Give me that trust. Put it on me. In all of your ways, submit to him. And he will do what? Make your what? paths what? Straight. That's a promise that he has for you, is that he's going to make the path straight, but he can only make that path straight if you do what? Trust him. Trust him a little bit or trust him a lot of bit? I know a lot of bit is not a word, but some of you just repeated it. (laughs) Trust him a lot of bit. All of this, trust him with all of your heart. And that's when we're like, okay, God, we are yours, and, and we got to trust you in this situation. This is, this, is, this is not just our father, but this is your child. And that's when the answer came. My wife was looking over her father in the last several days of his life. I will never forget this moment in my life. I will never forget this. She's looking at him, and she's rubbing his hand, and she's trying her best to hold in her emotions, to be strong for him. And she's telling him, she says, Dad, he's dying. She says, Dad, he knows he's dying. She says, Dad, don't be scared. And she's trying to repeat it. Don't be scared, Dad. Don't be scared. And she's trying her best to hold back her emotions. And she's trying to be strong. And he just is sitting there. He's looking at her. And he hadn't had a lot of conversation. But in this moment, I'm never going to forget it. He looks at her. And I'm thinking something soft is about to come out. I'm thinking something precious is about to, be, about to come out. Because she's sitting there, Dad, don't be scared. He says, girl, I'm not scared. He says, I'm going to be with the Lord. Woo! First of all, I'm trying to hold back tears now. First of all, just to have courage in the face of death, knowing that you're going to be with the Father. 
See, that's faithfulness right there. Knowing that I'm dying and my body is shutting down, I can't even eat anymore, but I'm looking at you knowing like I'm about to rejoice. What? That's real. And it was real in that moment to him. It was real in that moment, which it, it really is this thing that we look at. It's, it, it, it's, it's a kind of a capital, it's like a climax in my life where I've never seen someone knowing they're about to die, knowing that the life is a, like their body is giving up, but saying that they have confidence of where they're going. That's when the trusting in God, that's when the peace came upon our hearts. Because we knew for, like, you know, when I first got with my wife and married her, he wasn't a godly man. But the last five and six years, he's just been this change of heart, this guy who's just been on fire for God, serving at his church, doing what he needed to do. He was just loving God. He was doing, you know, knowing Scripture and kind of just knowing different things and stopped hanging around some of his older friends. And he had kind of pushed, not necessarily pushed them to the side, but he stopped giving them time because he knew that they were headed down the wrong path. That's some of the stuff you say to teenagers. You just didn't know someone who was in their 70s would do that as well, too. And he was like, I know those guys aren't good for me, so I'm just, I'm going to spend just a little bit of time with them, but I want to make sure that I'm making sure I'm spending some time with the Father, and he was. For five and six years later to know that now he has confidence that where he was going blows my mind. Our time and his trust. If you look at Luke chapter nine, uh, 10, so you have this idea right here, this is amazing to me, you know, that, that God is, that's why it's so important that we spend time, because some of us may have missed out on this scripture. In Luke chapter 10, 19 to 20, man, this is a beautiful scripture. It says, I have given you authority to trample on what? Snakes. And not just snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will what? Harm you. Nothing will harm you. Nothing will, can harm you enough. Nothing can get you because watch this. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, that you have control over these, these demonic things in your life. Don't get so excited about that. But rejoice that your names are written in where? Heaven. To a point that you trust God, no matter what you're going through, that you trust God enough to say, I'm rejoicing, this problem is, is going to be taken care of, but I'm more excited when, after Miosha's father uh, told us where he was going, and we were all excited about that, like we knew that, but to hear you say that in this moment is more powerful than any other thing. And so to hear as we were rejoicing that he was more excited about his name being in heaven than beating cancer. With my job, and it's still up in the air, and, and Dr. Tim looks at me and says, Leo, we're, we're going to, uh, it has always been an idea for Promise Village to have boys and then also girls. That's why we had the word village in our name. We were going to one day transition into also having a girl's home. And now, Dr. Tim, you're about to give this thing up. We were praying and we were uh, fasting, and next thing you know, um, there was an organization 
organization, uh, their chairman reached out to us over their board, and he reached out to our chairman. And it's just crazy. We had helped this organization five years ago become an organization, but they dealt with girls. So they reached out to Dr. Tim and said, listen, this is what we have going on. And Dr. Tim was like, this is what I have going on. So what God started to work out five years ago, we didn't even know. Our companies are now, uh, we're being acquired by them. They're called House of Providence, and they worked with girls, and their vision was to always work with boys. And now it just makes sense for us to get together. And now I continue. When Dr. Tim was like, we're going to be acquired, and I sat down with them, and and I tried to keep a straight face, and they said, Leo, we not only want you to come on board with us, but we also are going to give you a promotion. My wife was like, amen. But with all of your heart, trust him. He has you. And these are some troublesome situations you're going through. And I wasn't this excited in the middle of this. I'm telling you, I was broken and defeated. But one thing remained is that I will make sure I spend time with God so my trust wouldn't wouldn't be impacted. Today, your trust may be impacted, and the reason why is not because of Pastor Greg or CCC. It's not become, because of that. It's because you haven't been spending time, enough time with the Father. The Bible tells me, with everything you do, do unto the Lord, not man. Colossians 3 and 23. Revelations, I think we can put this scripture on the board. I'm closing Revelations 2, 4 through 5. I love the Bible. This is why I go through it for all of my answers. I just don't talk this thing. I live it because it's my life. If it wasn't for God, I really truly don't know where I would be. I have, my son is so excited about my new office because it has two windows instead of one. He's like, I just say, like, son, I didn't do this. It was the Lord to change. And now Dr. Tim's vision, he's so excited. He's down there taking care of his mom. And that's faithfulness that he would leave a job to go take care of a promise that he told his father, I'm going to take care of mom. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Her last wish was to stay at home. He's going to fulfill that wish. He left. How many of us would have faithfulness to God's vision, to God's decision in our life to leave things that were so cherished, this job, this thing, and still trust God with the job and the vision that he has for that but also go and make sure that he will take care of his family first because ministry starts at home first. Your faithfulness starts at home first. It's hard for you to be faithful to God and not faithful to your wife. It's hard for you to be faithful to God and not faithful to your mom and your dad. It's, it's, it, you cannot have that because with that, you're going to be faithful to God. If you're going to be faithful to God, you're going to be faithful to those people around you as well. It's a big deal. Watch what... Uh, the Lord is saying in Revelations 2, 4 through 5, says, Yet I hold this one thing against you. And he's talking to a specific church. I have this one thing against you, church. I'm not talking about the sinners. I'm not talking about the people outside the church. I'm talking about the, the people inside the church. I have this one thing against you. You have for, forsaken the love you had at what? First. Some of us gotten too busy. We've walked away. He says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, this is where the Lord, we, everybody want to act like Jesus was this, Jesus that was just throwing Skittles and giving everybody cotton candy. That's not the case. 
Jesus was the, he was a, this is where I said Jesus got a little flint inside of him. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was like a hardcore Jesus on this one. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I can heal and we're going to do some things. But when it came to the church, that's when you saw Jesus flipping over tables. That's where his, his passion really stepped up in. He says, I have this one thing against you. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place if you do not, if you don't return back to your first love. say this all the time, distraction leads to destruction. My question to you is, where are you at in your faithfulness? Where are you at in your faithfulness? Where? Because there's some of us struggling today, big time. Some of you have even started to question God. Why? Because your trust is gone and because your time has been gone. And that has been the temptation where you started to distrust the Father and what's going on in your life. You've jumped from job to job or relationship to relationship or from church to church to church because your trust in the Father has been just, you've just, I'm going to do this in my own way. been challenged myself during this message. Like, what do I do? And like, where do I start? Like, get my resume updated. God was like, spend time with me. God, I'm about to lose my job. Spend time with me. God, my father's out. Spend time with me. Uh, Everything else can wait. Everything else can wait, Leo. I'm, just spend time with me. I have you. As the uh, worship band comes up and as we're about to close, my challenge to you, because I feel like there's somebody here that needed to hear that. Like I need to persevere through all of this drama. I need to persevere through this shipwreck in my life. I need to persevere through the snake. See, what I love about that is that people on the outside was talking about Paul and said he deserved it. There are people that you thought had your back and they don't have your back anymore. But God says, trust me, I have your back. What I started in you, I'm going to complete it, baby. And I'm not saying life is going to be perfect. I'm not saying that life is going to be super smooth. But nevertheless, I'm going to spend time with the Father and he's going to fulfill what he put in me. That dream, that vision that God has given you, he's going to fulfill it. Don't give up on your marriage so quickly. Don't give up on this church so quickly. Don't give up on this relationship so quickly. Don't give up on these different things. Persevere and trust that God has you. He does. Let's stand. And I'm going to do this. And I believe this does take courage. I believe I'm here for some individuals to trust more than they've ever trusted before. See, that's the problem with this. It's not necessarily your doubt, but that you haven't gone to God and said, I do have doubt. Help my unbelief. We were expecting our father to get out of that bed, but what we didn't really expect made us more joyous than ever. Oh, it would be great to spend some more time with him and hang out with him. That would be awesome, but I cannot wait to spend time with him for eternity in heaven. That's where my joy is at, knowing that he knew. See, some of us, I got, we have a question in our heart of where we're already going. We still, even though we come to church every day and everybody think we go, we question it. 
But to be faced with death, can you look God in the face and say, I can't wait to be with you and hug you forever? So my challenge to you in my moment right here is I'm going to ask you this. If you feel like there's some type of challenge and conviction that happened in your heart today, instead of going to your car the same way or dealing with it with your, by yourself, I'm going to ask you to just come up to the altar and let us seal the deal together. Like I told you, this thing happened to me, and I needed to hear this word. So I know that there's somebody else that needed to hear this word, that there's some situation that you've been given too much time to. I'm not going to run and knock you down. I just want to pray with you, and the prayer team want to pray with you. And I, I love this part because some of us have already started convincing ourselves it's not us that needs to go up there. Really? Is it God sitting there saying, you don't need, why would God tell you you don't need to go up there today? It doesn't make a lot of sense. That's you trying to convince yourself. So we're going to open up this opportunity for you to just come and pray with us push your pride to the side and say, you know something, we're going to seal the deal and we're going to walk together today and we're going to pray. So come on up.